you had Nine Inch Nails, you had White Zombie, everybody came through there. And what my job was, was to clean up the pissy toilets, run bags of weed here and there, get coffee, <laughs> you know, do whatever I had to do to, you know, to be in the know. You've put in your time, you've put in your time. Oh man, I got whoa, my whoa, stripes, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. I, I put in my, put in my work. Someone mentioned weed, let's back up. <laughs> this episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast is brought to you by Amasta Design. Servicing clients domestic and international, Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash Roro Cakes and place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios set at the heart of Brooklyn also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. When we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that. But we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy pageants. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around... You just might have some fun, and we are going to have a lot of fun today. I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez, one of your hosts. Our other host is... Edward Ng here, and our producer... Jonathan. The, the producers with the mostiest here at Pancake Studios, and today is a really going to be a fun day because this is a sort of exploration of a genre that me and Ed don't necessarily always feel... Um, that we have our sea legs on, that we know everything about. Mm. But that's okay. And a very huge genre. A, a big, influential right. genre, and it's, of course, a case of it being a, a we disclose our ineptitude. That's what we do here on the show. And we had to bring in a, a ringer, but not just any ringer, because this was a stroke of luck that we happened to have Jonathan uh, have the connection here, and I would like to... Uh, Welcome and uh, get a very friendly and uh, a very florid, to be continued welcome to our special guest today, recording artist, producer, DJ, multi-instrumentalist from the great city of Chicago to the streets of New York, ladies and gentlemen, Freak Feynman. What's up? What's good? What's poppin'? What up, Joe? Was good. Now, uh, uh, just straight up, you know, you're multi instrumentalist, right? Yes. Did you have uh, formal training? Yes, I did. You did? Yes, I did. When I was three years old, my parents enrolled me in, into a monastery in Chicago and I learned Suzuki, which was <laughs> Japanese classical piano. Oh, nice. And that's how I started. 
Damn. Because wow. it's already, already way too classy. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you need a bass player, <laughs> I'll worry. That's, this is my bass here. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, this is the resident. I love bass. I it love has bass. resonance here. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, just uh, just to give you a little background, like He's I've known, I've known, you a contract. I've known John. Not I don't accept. Contract. I've known John <laughs> since he was nine. Oh wow! Okay, and we 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 played um, um, gospel music at the church. Like well, church music. That's that was pretty much a background. I'm in my forties. So, like, the moment when I hear, like, if multi-instrumentalist, sign me up. I need a gig. Sign me up. I need a gig. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, Freak Feynman is here, and, I mean, the man is legit. I mean, like, I can't believe he's here. That's how legit he is. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the list of people that this man has worked with uh, includes uh, Daft Punk, uh, Kanye West, uh, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, Prince, Madonna, and Michael Jackson, the holy trinity of the 80s. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> Holy what? They were remixes. Uh, you, they were you, remixes. You, so. you, you, you've heard the man uh, work in video games. Uh, you've heard which him one work in Techno Kid and Adventure. But with, with my board, my storyboard was was penned by Ron English. Hmm. This is, I mean, the the, <laughs> yeah. the man, uh, the man is legit. And thank you. Uh, you know your stories of one of coming from Chicago to New York City. And uh, that's very inspirational for a lot of people because, you know, it's hard to follow your dreams. It's hard to like, like, hey, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to stick with it despite all the, you know, hardships. And yet here you are. You're, you're at a certain place, a certain part in your career here. And like, what does it feel to have look back and say, I did that. I did those things. You know, it's funny. It's funny you asked me that question because two days ago I was on the phone with one of my mentors. His name is June Archer. He's He was a record exec for many years. He's actually started off with Electra Records as an artist in a group called Room Service back in the early 90s. And um, he asked me, he just said, you know, before you move from New York, because I'm moving from New York to Austin, Texas, he said, you have to do a retrospective of like, just do like your life in five seconds in New York. And I had to do it. He put me on the spot to do it. And it, this place is electrifying. It's, um, it's where my, my birth name is Dean Farmer. Dean Farmer moved to New York City and became Freak Feynman. So I, I lived and, and carried, carried out a life that was very freaky, nothing nasty. That was just very eclectic. <laughs> no judgments and here, man. No, no, nah, nah, you know, I'm just, I'm just being honest. <laughs> right you know, um, New York, New York was all about work. When I got here, um, it just this place moves. It has a pulse. I've been to 68 countries. I performed in 68 countries. I've been literally all around the world to every continent to places people can't even pronounce that I can't even pronounce. Excuse me. Um, but made checking into the hotel really interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. They like looking at me like I have a penis uh, on my Mr. forehead or something. Uh, find the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, my passport has my government name, so you know, I wasn't able to be that cheeky. So um, yeah, you know, New York is like no other place in the world. New York is like 68 countries in one. Yeah, it is. It is. It it's, is. It is entirely. And, and you, you, you've come here, you're, you're at a certain part uh, uh, of your career, and uh, looking back, like, what is so far that you've done so far that you said, I couldn't, if I had told my 14-year-old self that, I wouldn't believe me. Wow. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big thumb. Something that has maybe something that has a meaning to you that, again, it would have been like, man, if I had told 14-year-old me 
that I would have done this or or met this person or just you know, it doesn't even have to be professional. It could be like, hey, this gave me access to meet this one guy that I've always wanted to meet. I mean, something like that is. I think I think what it is, um, as I was saying, the pulse of the city. Mm-hmm. You either do one or two things here. You either sink or swim. Telling my fourteen-year-old self now that I would move to a place where where hip hop was born. And, you know, from a gang infested neighborhood from Chicago to a city where there's 13 million people running around in a radius of seven miles to three miles. And I was able to not only make a living, but raise a family and start my own business and be successful. And then I just sold my business. And to move on, I would I would never have imagined that. I've been like, dude, you're crazy. Nah, man. What? New York is... You would have the wherewithal that it's like, you know, especially considering how, cut, like you said, sink or swim, how cutthroat it can be. Yeah, New York. You know what? This is the thing. New York, um, I came here very uneducated about the business. I, I knew how to play guitar. I knew how to play bass. I knew how to produce. I won every contest, on every radio contest that you could in Chicago. I won the pop station, the pop R&B station, the jazz station, and the heavy metal station <laughs> with, like, different <laughs> bands. But there, that was it. You know, my, um, I think the prize was, the prize was studio time at one of the White Sox uh, at his home studio, and the second, the second, uh, second place prize was like seven hundred dollars to Guitar Center. I wanted to give the first prize away, like, yo, dude, I want the money, man, so I could buy a new Fender or something, man, Ibanez. But you know, um, it was just Chicago is amazing. It's an amazing place. It's it's a place where you obtain your skills, and then you have to go to a. I would say, well, at that time, you know, now it's different. Um, you would have to go to a L.A. or a New York because when, when I came here, Atlanta wasn't even on the map. Babyface and L.A. Reid had just started doing music there, um, but it, Atlanta wasn't the powerhouse that it is now. Right. So. And, and you were saying, I think so much uh, such has changed. Uh, you've seen that changeover of the democratization due to technology. Yeah, music. yeah. You've seen, you've seen like the beginning of it where it wasn't, wasn't even a thing. It was just a, a gleam in some people's eye. And now... People can have their, you know, entire studio setups. They can, they can, they can mix. They can be, they can be a lot more independent and bring something from the outside, maybe into the inside, or just be on the outside always and still maintain a certain amount of, you know, freedom and also, but support that they can, they, you know, that their fans can then support them and they do to the things that are independent. Exactly. Studios yeah. I, I mean, I started off working. I was an intern at a place called Chicago Tracks, where you had Smashing Pumpkins there. You had Liz Fair. You had R. Kelly. You had Nine Inch Nails. You had White Zombie. Everybody came through there. And what my job was, was to clean up the pissy toilets, run bags of weed here and there, get coffee, <laughs> you know, do whatever I had to do to, you know, to be in the know. You've put in your time. You've put in your time. Oh, man, I got whoa, my stripes. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. I, I put in my, put in my work. Someone mentioned weed. Let's back up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, so you're, you're, you're at a point in your career now where, you know, you've done all these sort of things. You can, you, you can look back and, you know, you've been blessed that you said you've been able to raise a family and uh, all the rest. And now uh, you're here. And the reason we brought you here. Just to roast me. <laughs> yeah, let's go, man. I'm only human, man. I ain't a superhero. Are undercovers for Atlantic Records. Oh, hey, I, you know, hey, I, I do, don't you owe me some money for publishing? Or hmm, we can go there. We can really go there. I can tell you my, something about free. Not have an attorney. This guy comes in and uh, he's a block, complete blotto. And uh, 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 but uh, you know, which by the tour, way is on the contrary. 
got some impressive guns. You know, that's all I have to say. I'm looking at the guns. Well, I said before we started, I said he ruins the he ruins the ratio. Oh, man, you guys are too kind. It's like really like. I look at him and I go, brother. I say he's he's a brother. Stop. Stop. No. No. He's, he's Mr. Super Soldier. He's Mr. You know, like, he's like, he's like, you know, what are you doing? I better be for a 42 year old man. I'm drinking man. my whey protein right now or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, it just so happens that, you know, that uh, Jonathan was doing some work for you and we were talking about, we've been talking about here on the show that, uh, as mentioned before, we're not horror guys. Mm -hmm. uh, for myself, my story is that. I was just a pussy as a kid. As you raised Catholic and the devil is real. Mm. Okay? And so, like, you go in there and it's, you know, think of, you know, go back to your nine year old self when mm. how you related to entertainment. It's not, it's not the same by the time you're in your 20s. Right, right. You know, things are real when you watch them on screen. They're very, mm -hmm. you know, they affect you. I, as a perfect example here, and I'm going to show you, I said I was a pussy. I'm going to prove to you how big of a pussy I was. <laughs> my mother took me to see E.T. The extra when, when, testicle. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, everyone, you know this film's legendary. Everyone loves E.T. Yeah. Everyone loves E.T. Except this guy right here. What? Because I went to see that film. And the beginning of it is, is uh, you know, Spielberg does it very creepily. Mm -hmm. You know, it is that beginning part does seem like, even he got pushback uh, from studios. Is that, oh, well, it's kind of like a monster movie at some portions. I guess they must have seen like the early rushes. And it is, it's kind of, they build this thing around him. And then when you finally see him, he is such a strange creature. First view, I lost it, screaming my head off. Oh, wow. Just like, ah! And then the one that really put it over the edge was when they find his body in, because he's been dying of exposure. And he's gray. I lost it. My mom had to grab me and take me out of the theater. She's trying to calm me down in the lobby. She's missing about 20, 30 minutes to the movie. <laughs> and so... I can top that, by the way. No, wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> she brings me back in. And this is back in the day when you would pay for your one ticket and you could stay for two, three showings. You how many showings? Oh, two. You'd I sit there in the yeah, theater, yeah. right? And they'd be <laughs> cleaning and then yeah. you'd wait for the next one, right? I remember... Two one I remember was... I uh, saw E.T. that way and I remember seeing Return of the Jedi that way. In both of those films, people were smoking in the theater. Yes. I remember those days, man. Oh, yeah. And they smoked in the theaters. So she brings me back in. She's like, well, I really wanted to see this movie. It's been so, you know, so loud. And, you know, it's got so much great good reviews. I, I, I paid my money. I want to see it. I don't care that this kid is freaking out. All right. He had his freak out. He should be good. Right. Get to that same part. Second showing. Same freak out. It's got to get like, me out. We did not see it until. Poor mom. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't let that old woman fool you. Man, poor mom, <laughs> man. Yo, right? I'm for the she, mothers. Many years later, I must have been like maybe 12 or so. I go into my room, and there on my bed is a stuffed ET doll. Aww. I open it up, and there it is. And I had already, I'd grown. I mean, you know, I was you, older. You became true. You became true. But Drew still, Barrymore. no, wait, still, think about that. She was messing with you. Exactly. What sort of mother does that? <laughs> oh, man. What sort of mother is like? Is like I really want to say, yeah, f you, mom. F you, mom. <laughs> you turned in. You turned into Drew Barrymore at an instant. It was yeah. It <laughs> was, no, I mean, my, but like this is the thing because of that sort of those visceral reactions as a kid. I didn't develop that attachment to like the horror genre. Okay. Because I was like, ah, oh, I don't want any part. Why do you want to be scared? And you know, then that's as a kid, like I said, it's my atheism. I was I was a believing Catholic, went to Catholic school. So by the time I was old enough to have any appreciation for it, they stopped being scary. 
because I've thrown out all supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like I can't get into the mindset of like I was telling Ed. To me, horror stories to me today would be something real life. Like I, I was telling this is a uh, that story about like the one guy that escaped Jeffrey Dahmer, and yeah. the cops brought him back to Dahmer. Yeah, that's horror to me. Yeah, that's crazy. That is just like sort of like, oh Lord God in heaven, because what real people do to people. It's, 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 it's more yeah, horrifying, it's, it's horrifying than enough. any sort then of demonic the, yeah. Stephen King story. No, so I don't have. So again, I don't have, and and I think as a, he doesn't have that same sort of like. No, I mean for me, it's but deep it's, gut connection to it. Okay. Right, but I mean, um, <clears throat> growing up as as a as a young Asian kid in Jersey, and where yeah, I, I watched enough horror in my day. Like mm-hmm. um, I I will have to admit, I've never seen Faces of Death, but I've seen enough. Like uh, there was one really. B type of movie called Evil Speak that my cousin put on. Oh, dude! Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. it's like that's Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. thank you. So Clint, this right? is why we brought this guy. Cooper in Smith. Was right. His so name there's in the that. Film. There's um, gosh, uh, Poltergeist was pretty much ubiquitous. Yeah, at our, there, at our you know there was a lot. You know, this is the thing. Smith, as as right. kids, late seventies, early eighties, especially, there was a glut of horror movies that seemed to make that big crossover. Mm-hmm. But. Like we know of it that way, the pop culture way. Like we just we finished a show last year. We did uh, was uh, we did all the movies in 1984, right. where we talked about uh, like how what a watershed moment that is <laughs> in film. Like we're still li- we live for a very long time to a certain degree, still are living, and the after effect of like that year. I mean, like we just had a Ghostbusters reboot. They're still right. pushing Terminator. I mean, and all those things right. are from 1984. And in doing so, we had to look up some of the, you know, the horror films that were, you know, but we realized, like, wow, we haven't really, so it's good to have, like, look, we mentioned that film, and you were just, like, like on it. Well, it the, the, the horror genre. Factoid number two. Yeah. The horror genre, in fact, has expanded so wide. For example, yesterday, I just watched Get Out. You can't stop talking right? about it. Yeah. I can't stop talking about That's it. That's a horror film. Well, Jordan Peele calls it a social, um, a, a social thriller. Right. Right? <laughs> but it is. It's horrible. It, yeah, you yeah you watch it and you go wow this is and and Jordan is it was he's so smart mm-hmm. at how he made the film, um, it plays on all the tropes, the down to and then you especially for someone who who scores soundtracks, you know the 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 the, the piano strings, you know it's that. very Hitch, Hitchcock esque. It was so thank you very much. Yeah, he nailed it, man. He, right. Yeah. So that's today so. we can call that horror. Right. But yet you have the different categories. There's the the B horror, the low, the um, uh, in, indie line horror. Line. Yeah. Um, it can entail sci-fi. Now, eventually, fantasy, slasher, exactly. just psychological things. Yeah. I mean, it I encompasses would even, everything. I would basically. put two, I would actually make the argument that something like even. There are there is even some instances in Ex Machina that is kind of like a horror film. Okay, you know what I mean. You know, just the idea that this guy uh, gets locked in that place to starve to death by the robot as she's leaving. You know what I mean? The robot that you know gets whispered <clears throat> in something in your ear, and now she can kill her creator. Right, right. There, there is an ass. You know, and so I will always give horror this, even if not being the guy who can do the super analysis on it, who necessarily thinks he knows it in and out. Uh, which again is part and parcel of the show. I like to think that that's right. how we cover things here. Can, can I build on that? Yeah, yeah, go on. Ultron. Okay. Ultron is a monster. I just watched what Captain America: Civil War was it? Uh, I just watched what the Avengers: Age mm-hmm. of Ultron on Saturday because I love that that movie. Is just I love Ultron. He was just evil as hell. Right. And, and, and he was a mo- if I was a, the world. Yeah, I, I have an eight year old, and I was just kind of like imagining that I was eight years old watching the show. 
Right. And dude, totally he was effect. scary yeah. as hell, mm-hmm. dude, because he yeah. was plotting to kill the human race. Well, uh, you know, let me put it this way. I, you know, it's one of my favorite films as a kid, but, you know, there are horror aspects to things like The NeverEnding Story. Yeah, The yo. Rock, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, you know, yeah. the nothing, these ideas. Because when you're a kid, you were so into it. You can look back at it as, a, as an adult and your eye can see the seams. Like, ah, that was a puppet. The or Dark whatever. Crystal, Dark Pinocchio, Crystal. All, all the Disney films are horror films. Right, oh, yeah. Yes. Everybody's horror mother Fantasia. or father dies. <laughs> no, seriously, if you look at it, everybody's like, their family members die. Their mother or father dies in every single, maybe not the Little Mermaid, but no, it's, it's really yeah. effed up. You and, know what I'm saying? And why do those films resonate? Because horror taps into something visceral. Right. You know, either uh, visually, a mm-hmm. uh, uh, feeling something like, yes, I know how that is, I know, you know, or just that idea is whatever. I mean, like, uh, I have dreams where, where there are nightmares, where if I, I can imagine an animal, like, near me. Okay. You know, something about to eat me, and you can think of the, the, the teeth, the mouth, the breath coming out of it. I mean, that's hard. Is it reoccurring? <laughs> I mean, I every once in a while throughout my life, I've had everyone's like a tiger or something attacking okay. me. Okay, like, because I have a reoccurring one too. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't. Uh, don't uh, again. We don't want to reveal too much. <laughs> Mine is this. Um, I'm in. I'm in hell, or like a fiery, a fiery place, and there's no gravity, so there's nothing tangible for me to touch, and I'm just sinking. And when I saw it get out. I felt that. Okay. I felt it in my gut like a roller coaster took my stomach. Yeah, so there's that scene, right? Viscerally. Right. Yeah. Right. Yo, it, it affected me viscerally. Like I was, I was almost nauseous, <laughs> but it was so dope. I like. <laughs> well, I, I, it was like know, the best feeling me, ever. One, one, of those, <laughs> one of the old school horror films, and I, you know, I'd like to get your your opinion on it. Um, I'm not necessarily a big fan of, uh, though. I can appreciate the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Uh, you know, create it's the shots in it are amazing. What the, the way they were able to accomplish some of those shots are just amazing. Like you know, the bathtub into the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, the gusher of blood. Uh, but for me, my favorite Wes Craven movie is Serpent in the Rainbow. Yo, man, that <laughs> yo, that's a mind. That's that's I love that movie. I love it to death. It was so bugged out with the powder and yeah, you know and the don't bury me. I mean, like that's visceral. That yeah, purely like, like no, don't, I'm alive. Don't. And that's Haitian folklore. One of my good friends who who actually is uh, my my graphic designer. His name is Voodoo Rudy, and he's from Haiti. So yo, man, just let me let me just put this out here. So I worked, I did a session in a haunted house before. And like I never, you know, I'm a horror dude. Like nothing scares me. I'm that dude. Yeah, man, whatever. Yo, that stuff is real. I didn't know it was real, but it's very real. Um, I was in this dimension or whatever. I stepped into this place where there was a presence, and the presence did not appreciate my presence. And that was presence was not a fan of freak. No, I wasn't a fan. Or he, yeah, but it 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 was kind of cool, but it wasn't. But anyway, um, I I was doing a session there, and the people didn't tell me that this place had an aberration or whatever. They yeah, didn't say anything. That's, you kind of should... That's you disclose Yeah, that. you disclose that, but, you know, because what happened was... Where the bathroom is, is it being haunted? Two things. Two yeah, but what happened was, to make me a true believer, my MacBook Pro was on... It was on a circular table, like a super heavy table. The table's maybe 200 pounds. Um, it's an old-school table. It was smack dab in the middle of the table. And so I'm just joking around with one of my buddies in the studio or whatever... And so my laptop flew off of this table onto the floor. Word. And it was like, yo, I, MacBook Pros are expensive. You know what I'm saying? 
fucking so, ghost, dude, man. So, you know, and, and I got all my stuff on there, all my programs, you oh, know, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, like, for you, that's yeah, like dude, a life so I, death it's, thing. Yeah. It's like my daughter. So I placed it literally <laughs> in the middle, man. I'm like ever so careful with all my equipment. And it wasn't hanging on the edge, so there was no way that this thing could have fallen off. But I didn't physically see it, but my boy James saw it. And I knew where I placed it. I'm not, I mean, yeah, I don't not, drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any of that. I'm like, I'm not like, going to put it on the edge of I'm the not table gonna for it to do break it. over your Especially table. when I'm at work trying to get a check. You know exactly. what I'm saying? I'm not going to like body myself. So, dude, this thing flew off, whatever, man. And it, and it, it, it did, the screen didn't shatter anything. It landed like flat. So I, try, I tried to turn it on, boom, boom, boom. And I was on, I was like maybe four blocks from the fifth avenue uh the fifth avenue apple store so i t dude i'm bugging i'm like yo man this is like really crazy uh i called my wife i'm like baby you just you have no idea what happened did the, did the tech guys did they say poltergeist is that you <laughs> no they didn't they say like, anything <laughs> they just said they said that um the motherboard had fried out they said the was there was there out. was there a brownout or something i was like dude it wasn't plugged in they were like man uh, you're like you lying man no it was like I don't know if they did not say that there was some type of like ultramagnetic or, you know, pulse or something, but the motherboard. How can that happen yeah. without anything like that? Yeah. I hear you. So. I hear you. It's, and, and this is, it's I know, crazy, yeah, it's man. crazy. And that's the thing about that film is that it is not super supernatural. It's presented in a way that feels very real life. Right. And, you know, the scares in it aren't necessarily, you know, hooks through the, your body or that kind of thing. I mean, there's a little bit of right. that kind of stuff in the film, but it's very psychological. Yeah, and, and my boy Voodoo, he was like, yo, dude, what you need to do is you need to dispel <laughs> yeah, this presence because obviously this presence ain't digging you, man. <laughs> like, you know, you're like forcing the issue. And then the, the crazy thing is, the track that I made there is called Nosferatu. And I, I had like so many <laughs> tracks that I was playing to like the clients and everything that they, dude, there was like, there was no presence. There was no activity. When I played this Nosferatu thing, my computer like bugged out. It like it froze. And I used Cubase, and I didn't have like a whole bunch of plugins on it. Plug for Cubase. Cubase. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't have a whole bunch of plugins on there. So dude, there's no reason for it to crash. But anyway, um, Serpent in the Rainbow. My boy Voodoo Haiti. He said. <laughs> he said what I need to do is before I leave the place, take off my socks. Okay. Okay. Literally take yo take off my shoes, but take off my socks. And what I have to do, I have to leave my socks in the crossroad, like in an intersection, because that like, dude, don't ask me. It was so dope. It was I, so dope. I don't make the rules. Yeah, I don't do it. I abide by them. So I threw him in the crossroad and he said, the entity or the presence will not follow you home. And I had no trouble at home. I told my wife, yo, you know, it's bugged out before we leave. I'm getting your email addresses because I caught that sucker on film. He's a green like it, it was like this green little light. It was crazy, man. And it wasn't a reflection from my camera on a mirror or anything. It was a green light. So now as a guy who was like, like as someone who like, you like horror, you like stuff like this. I didn't really like that. When, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> straight up, straight That's up. I didn't That's really like that. It's like, you're into sci-fi. Look, I'm getting goosebumps you now, man. He's here. No, I'm just joking. You're into sci-fi, but you don't want to get probed by an alien. <laughs> nah, <laughs> man. chances are, you still, it's like, uh, I just want to know you guys exist. Just yeah. Say, you know, leave the, leave the, tools at home now yeah. as, as genre i feel that horror um so we have the 80s we go through the 90s and it's sort of just like i, I don't know like again simply because maybe you and i were not it's just not, it's not our, our thing so we don't really thing. follow the trends but yet it does seem to have a, a resurgence with um the asian markets like i don't know whether yeah. you 
Yeah. Okay, so okay. so Korean horror correct is yo Train to Busan. Man, nothing but good. Things oh my gosh, that was but um, what uh, a movie that's like the best one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life was The Wailing. You guys have ah, yo, okay, it was, right. it. You know what? One of my really really good friends, his name is Scott Kim. He's actually in Seoul right now visiting his family. He put me on to these films because you know, he, he everybody knows I love horror. He's like, dude, I'm gonna hook you up with the illest horror stuff ever. Some, and a lot of them is coming. They, they come. They come from yeah. Korea. Japan, Korea, Korea Japan, yeah, yeah pretty much. Like the Ringu and all yeah. that stuff. Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah, yo, man. <laughs> Come on, man. You're a little bit educated over here, well, man, with your... We, uh, we know what we know, but yeah. like, like, we just, we, did, we had a Game of Thrones show. And like, I've watched the show, I've watched the show from beginning to end. Right. But the world of the show is so much bigger. You've got the books, you've got Duncan Egg, you've got, you know, all of the back history that you know, 25,000 years of history. And so, like... I watched the show every single episode. I didn't consider myself so educated that I was like, I have to do a crash course on everything okay. else. So, like, you ask me about superhero shit, I am I will I will blow your mind. It's just it's too deep. Okay. But ask me about horror. Yeah, I know Freddie. I know Jason. I know I, you know I can talk to you. I don't have the same level of the super appreciation. So let's okay. pick your. So let's like, let's, well, let's, well, I'd like to make this. Yeah, I'd like okay, to. I would like to as as, as two guys who aren't necessarily. We can appreciate horror. We can appreciate what horror has brought to us, um, the skill it takes to do it, the fact that, mm. as uh, you know, mentioned before, like horror is a genre that allows a, a creator to put, get his foot in the door because you can make things for relatively low budgets and be Fair. really creative about it. Right. And so that's why we have so many big talents that have come to us. Eli Roth. Eli I mean, Roth, Rob John Zombie. Carpenter, yeah, John Carpenter. You know, yeah, I mean, Wes Craven. Who, exactly. That they were like, here's Eli something Roth. for us. The bear. Here, here's, something, <laughs> here, here's something for us to, like, you know, get our feet wet in producing something and we can be stylish about it. I mean, that... Right. Uh, but beyond that, give me your case for horror. Because for me... Okay. I don't want to be scared. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't understand going into the theater and like sitting down and like, you know, a good yeah, a good jump scare or something. It's like, "Oh, I appreciate that they did that really well. I appreciate it." But like, I don't my mindset is not one and again, maybe it may be the residual Catholicism. Okay. But I don't want to go into a place and be like, "No, oh, you're going to get scared." Other than when I was a teenager and I went to see Jurassic Park for the first time. Love that. And movie. you know, the girl I brought with me Almost tore my arm off, like during all the attacks, and that was great. Okay, <laughs> that was, yeah, it was pretty cool. We made out the entire time. Nice, you know, in the back seat nice. on the way home. Brought her home late. That's you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Other than that level of appreciation, so make <laughs> as someone who is a fan of this stuff and knows it, and also I, someone it, who works within the industry. You too, know, who right. do, I, okay. Let me. What do you? What is? Make your case for horror. My case for horror is it's art. I was okay. Let's. I'm a. I'm a straight up comic book nerd. John Kirby is my favorite right. illustrator ever. Like that was the period where I was buying comic books. My dad was an. He was an amazing illustrator. My favorite character that my dad would draw was Nightcrawler. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You my, said this guy wasn't the comic book guy. Dude, my, yeah, my dad, <laughs> John. Yo, no, I'm just no. You know the thing is, like, my family they were so into music and art. You know, um, that it kind of just, it fell on me and my brothers and my sisters. So horror, it's, it's, it's an expression. It's like John Kirby or it's, you know, Stan Lee or whoever um, coming together, people collectively coming together to have an idea 
and they manifest this this idea on a script or on paper. It's the same thing. It's all relative. And so, you know, with just say the Gray Hulk, <laughs> dude was dude was incredible. You know what I'm saying? And and then when the Hulk had had uh, Bruce Banner's mind. Right, yes. There was evolution. Peter David's run. Yeah, Yo. that stuff. Yes, don't. You know what I'm saying? I trying to get this guy into the Peter David run. Dude. He keeps balking right. for some reason. All right, so, see, look at me. I got to <laughs> compose myself. I'm getting kind of happy here, man. Um, yeah, so horror does the same thing. Horror is, is a manifestation, and then it's an evolution. My favorite, I have three favorite horror films. Okay. Um, the Exorcist is like well, end all yeah. be all yeah. because of just not all the profanity or all the shock, the shock, uh, the shocking stuff, but my mother is Jewish and my father's Christian. So I could understand that duality. Mm-hmm. I could understand the Torah, the Kabbalah, the King James uh, Bible. Right, and they get into that. And stuff they get in, into it. Right, yeah. And I went to Sunday mm-hmm. school. I was confirmed. You know what I'm saying? So I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm and not it's a, an effective and it's an incredibly effective uh, film. Yeah, you know, exactly. It is done in a way where. You know, you, it's creepy. It's like those scenes of the actual exorcism are legit, like, you know, yeah, you can maybe today quibble about some of the effects or, right. you know. The but other, at the time, know, at, the, the, at time, the time, they were so cutting edge. And again, again, Catholic, the devil is real. That film is one of those, like, uh, nah, I see it once, I didn't need to see it again. <laughs> yeah, it, but the thing was how creative it was, how they took, you know, they were in Iraq. They they started in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, they started with the the ancient Aramaic language right, and exactly. scripts, and then they evolved to Georgetown, where Reagan McNeil, you know, and she she brought up the spirit of Captain Howdy in her basement, playing with a Ouija board that right, exactly. she didn't know was there. I mean, it was it's just so it's like they wrote it. It's very smart the way. Very it's yeah, up. it's yeah. it's an intellectual movie. You, you know, you take all the profanity out and the the split pea soup and all that. It's you know what still I mean? like it's, quality. Yeah, it's very quality. It seriously, yeah. It wasn't, we're going to be schlocky like something, say, maybe right. from 30 years prior. And they can't touch it. They can't. No. Like, right. it hasn't been duplicated because they, the you can't top that. Of, of, of oh, yeah, cars, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, your, your secondary film there. Second, and this is in no particular order. Um, I would say second, John Carpenter's Halloween. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because this entity was pure evil, and it wasn't a human being. It was a shape. Hence, they called Dick Warlock the shape. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't Michael. It wasn't the boogeyman. I mean, he was the shape, but he had no emotion. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Let's go back to, you know, religion and let's let's encompass that whole uh, the whole the devil, the premise of the devil. Right. And, you know, you're in the theater and it's sort of you're cut out from everything else in your life. You're 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 in a box watching these things on a screen. And there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide, man. And you're in the dark. You're into the film. The reality, it becomes your reality as you're watching it. Right. And, like, it's an incredibly creepy kind of, like, situation. You've got the whole, you know, again, the artistry, because Carpenter... The music, the you know, again, it was done well, for a hundred thousand dollars, and at that time, that was that, to make to make a movie with a on a shoestring budget like that was not heard of. And then it was, and then after it came out, it became the biggest, uh, gro- the highest grossing independent film of all time. Now, for the record, my first piano uh, piano song. Now, as a musician, how do you approach that? Or, or, or what is your um, what do you what what have you gotten out of 
the well so far Being you've, exposed all, to you've all this yeah stuff, you've yeah. already met you've already mentioned it too let's go to the third one and the, okay. how has that shaped you as the artist that you are okay well basically the rhythm of the Halloween theme. Right. Well, I don't know if anybody knows this, but John Carpenter's father was a composer. Mm -hmm. And so he was always around different rhythms, mm -hmm. all the scales. He's very proficient in music. He, he yeah, knows he music. Films, he does all the scores yeah. for his own film. And yeah. he knows music theory. So he's able to kind of tap into what his, his parents were doing and then create his own, you know, his own minor interpretations of these emotions man it was it like i, I love him third movie is madman madman okay. is a movie that was made by a man named uh gary sales and joe Gioni, and it was it was made in um upstate new york for kind of like a shoestring budget pretty much no money they had a budget the budget fell through they wanted to complete it it happened but it was they did it in in 82 around the time when you know um Friday the 13th was big. There was like this whole slasher thing. But what they did, they did it different. It was about a man who killed his wife. So it was kind of like an Amityville theme somewhat. Um, there were, it, he was a slasher. He killed his wife and then he terrorized these gifted kids in this whole like little cabin area. But what I really appreciated about that film was it was eerie. The way they shot it. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I'm cool with the producer. Joe, he died. The director died about two years ago. Uh, I never got to meet him. But the producer is like, my, I talk to the producer every day. We actually made a song together that we're releasing. That would be the first release on my label. But he said what they, the way they shot it, they shot it almost with like a back, a back blue light. They shot it just so, it was just, just creepy. You guys have to see it. And it was film. That sense of like... A, a darkness like you said eerie it was so beyond like, darkness like, it's like like living in that twilight yeah exactly concept, yeah. exactly and and for them to do that with no money and really put like every they they mortgaged their homes kind of like spike lee what he did they yeah. blew up every credit card their families like they just they like just we went saying, in it, it, horror gives creators that chance yeah to yeah. like well even if we don't have money we can, you know, because we're operating on a very visceral sort of like things that like a sense of dread. You can get, you can go well, a long way just getting, as long as you can produce that sense of dread, mm -hmm. you're halfway there. Right, right. And you can be really creative with it. It doesn't necessarily require CGI. Well, the, 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 Blair, Blair Witch is a, the Blair Witch is um, a perfect example. Now, yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. Oh, that. I loved it. I okay. loved it. I, right. and, and, it. And the second mm. one, I mean, not the second one, but the new reboot. Mm. I, I love that too. And I'm wondering whether horror people, um, you know, they, because it, I don't know whether there's a dividing line where they, they cling to the classics, like you just mentioned, like the exorcist. And for me, it's poltergeist, you know, and then, um, something like Blair, Witch, which is very much an indie movie Blair Witch of its kind day. Of did, it was, even though that was what, 99, right? Yeah, it was nineties. Mm -hmm. And it was the sort of like, it wasn't soon after we did. We got it, the saws. It was after. what viral was you know, at the time. We got the mm -hmm. saws. We got the hostels. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> you know. We got. We got awesome. a lot of those. You know. Yeah, those awesome. sort of things. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned the Blair Witch. I just want to say because uh, I want to know if it, if it's just me. Uh, went to see the Blair Witch. I wasn't blown away by it. I mm -hmm. I, I liked it. I thought it was inventive for what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was kind of like going like, okay, that's what it was. It was. It didn't blow me away. Right. And again. I, I don't watch these things partially because I don't I'm not scared of 
the spiritual or anything anymore, right? right? That's my old, it's like, I go and it's like, look, I don't believe in the devil, I don't believe, so it's like, well, eh, this this isn't really in my gut. Right, I got you. That said, back when the Sci-Fi Channel used to be the real Sci-Fi Channel, S-C-I-F-I. Right, right. They did a like in the lead up to the to the premiere of the Blair Witch. They had this like special because you know the whole it. concept, right? Yes, it was awesome. It, it was a documentary behind the, the documentary. <laughs> I think it's better than the you know movie. what, man, it, you, because it didn't have a crap ending. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's the only thing really the Blair. Pretty, yeah, it reminded me, Ed. You remember when we were kids? You used to watch either things like. Uh, uh, unsolved mysteries, or they'd have like the In Search of with mm-hmm. uh, Leonard Nimoy. Follow yeah. me, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it had that Love where it was done with all of like the you know they didn't have um, they did uh, uh, illustrated shots or something. It's okay. like and this is what he looked like when they did this, and mm-hmm. this is in 1865. And they went, they gave you all this backstory that I found much more interesting. Yeah, it was than great. the film itself, and had uh, and had a creepy vibe, mm-hmm. like the fake, you know. Not just the found footage, but here they had like fake documentary footage of like right. hippies in 1966 talking about the Blair mm-hmm. Witch and whatever. Um, I'm, I'm just happy. See, I'm it, happy. Yeah, it was, it was really, really well done. I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. And like whenever it was on, I'm going like, I got to watch this. This was like really, mm-hmm. I liked it better than the movie. And like the Blair Witch comes on. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have to watch it. But the first part where they do the documentary, that's really good. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a, as a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, well, can you tell? Well, what is? Uh, tell us a little bit about the your background um, and coming into that realization. Hey, you know, I can make something from nothing, and on top of that, uh, I can marry this with a particular genre that um, that you know you've built a career on. Okay, so um, just my father teaching me how to draw that that enabled me to take something that was in my mind and and visualize it and create it on paper so the next the next step as i can remember if i can remember clearly was my dad had an acoustic nylon guitar in the closet upstairs and i slept in the basement um very adams family monster ish (laughs) um and and one summer, I forgot how old I was, I got hit by a car playing football in the streets of Chicago, something you shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? We're playing tackle on the concrete. That's how the Chicago kids are like, that's what we do. You know, there was no grass and nothing like that. We just were, you know, it's kind of like, we're not really around here. Just think of the Bronx, think of East Tremont. And you're running around on the street, you know, because you want to play outside. You know, we had, what, Atari and all that stuff, you know, ColecoVision, whatever, yeah, man. so just one other obstacle that you Exactly, got. yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, Break! I got I got Everyone hit. Gets on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bar's clear. Exactly. That's how we hit. did it. That's, that's how we that's did stick freeze, ball. That's we a did freeze football. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's how you know. That's how we did. Unfortunately, me, you know, um, trying to live out my cornerback uh, fantasy. I just, I was stupid. I wasn't watching. I got hit, fractured my leg. So it was the beginning of. It was a, literally the beginning of the summer. We all got out of school and boom, here I oh, am. You were Bart Simpson in that dude. Episode. I was Bart Simpson for real. <laughs> So man, I was confined to this bed, uh, you don't man. Have to go to the pool. You can always yeah. be in the bathtub with the trash bag. It, on no, your I bag. couldn't even be in the bathtub, man. Like I had to get sponge baths and stuff. Like yeah, I had the uh, cast all the way up so, here. When you're a kid, I mean, somehow like, I smell. Wow, so I smell a Bears fan. Yeah. Oh, dude. You know okay, what, man? <laughs> For the record. Oh, man, here are, you know. All right, let's, let's, let's uh, table any sports talk. Let's get back. Yeah. So okay. now you, you're uh, Green Bay uh, fan. So. When you like. I think it's interesting you brought up the connection uh, to, I guess, music and horror because it is a big part of it. Like, you listen to these, the best 
horror oh, films yeah. and a soundtrack of some kind. Well, he was telling a story about like, yeah, exactly. the, the guitar. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Like, so, like, how do you know? How does that? Bring, we're getting into the bears. What no, 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 no. It's all good. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that because, you know, just to piss my family off in Chicago, I hate the bears because I hate Jay Cutler. He's a bum. And I think their organization sucks for signing a seven-year extension to that bum. Aaron Rodgers is my dude. I'm a Green Bay fan for life. Oh. Period. Period. Uh. Family. Uh. Uh. Especially you, my brother, Lee. Uh. I don't care. Next on Sports Talk. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> all right, so I broke, I, my, I got hit by a car, my leg was fractured. My dad had a, had a um, guitar in the closet, and my dad was a big jazz buff. He, um, he was dope on a piano. I mean, he was incredible. So I was like, Dad, man, what am I going to do? Mom, Dad, what am I going to do? And my dad was like, you're not going to sit here and watch Channel Zero TV all day. Mm -hmm. I got a ton of books for you to read. And I was like, all right, there's only so much I can read. What else? He's like, we got the guitar up there. So I'm like, all right, cool. There was a, there was a dude, a blues musician on my block. We called him Bones. He oh, was an nice, alcoholic. Nice. So, yo, we, we hooked up. My family hooked him up to come over and teach me how to play guitar. Wrote a song about it. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was incredible. He played nothing but the blues, played a little bit of rock, taught, taught me how to play Stairway to Heaven, the whole thing on guitar, blah, blah, blah. And so, you how know. How get thrown out of guitar shops by playing Stairway exa to Heaven? Oh, because, dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, please don't play this here. It's exactly. Twelve minutes. We you know, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what happened was I I learned the theory of music from him before I went to school to take it, you know, um, take courses and everything. But he showed me, he taught me how to create chord progressions. Mm. And he's like, dude, just, and he taught me the name of the chords, you know, and everything. Right. He taught me, you know, E D what E A D G B D F, whatever, all that stuff, all the, the, the strings on the guitar. He actually taught me theory, the cycle of fifths. So he's just like, we're, we're noodling around with the guitar. I, I sucked at the time. And he's just like rocking all these solos. He's like, dude, just play anything behind me, right. play anything behind me. So I had, I, I had, I think it was uh, Boston or Kansas or More Than a Feeling, one of those songs. So I'm doing like the real rudimentary. That was the best I can do. So he starts wailing. He's like, dude, you know what? I taught you the chords, man. Like, just go off on your own and play a rhythm. And then I played what was in my head. And I was like, dude, I can do this. And he's like, no, you're doing it. And so I was like, man, you know what? So... Prince could Prince is doing this stuff. Right. We got Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, I love Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan was alive the time I was playing. I really started learning, and I was like, "Yo, man, um, you know, Chicago, you're you're you kind of have this edge. You're like cocky as hell. So you know, the dudes in my neighborhood, we were always in competitions, like this big tribal thing. Man, I have Puerto Ricans, Panamanians, Dominicans. You know, it, dude, we're all like." Chicago is a very rich in terms of um, the music that's out of it. For me, like oh, yeah. the Smashing Pumpkins is is is, is king. Um, but then, like Billy Corgan would talk about guys like Wesley Willis. Mm -hmm. Oh right? yeah, so, yeah. Know, like, before he passed away, and so like you, you have a lot of underground stuff in the works as well. Oh yeah, you have tons so. of underground stuff. And and the thing is, like being a musician in Chicago, you would gravitate around to say. The Smashing Pumpkins made it out of the Cabaret Metro, the Smart right, Bar. Right. That's where they blew up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Liz Fair made it out of there. Like, yep. you know, Buddy Guy, he always played around Chicago. You had Muddy Waters. You had Coco it's a, Taylor. It's, a, it's a, uh, the birthplace of jazz, pretty much. Of right? course. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So the thing is, like, as a musician, you connect with different musicians. So anyway, so just to segue into into the, the, the phase right. of, like, mm -hmm. connecting all of this, um, the next phase was, okay, so now I could play guitar. 
I want to play bass. My dad has a piano. I'm going to screw around with all this stuff, learn as much as I can, because one day from watching Beat Street, one day I'm going to, <laughs> and listening to Biggie Smalls, who is still my favorite rapper, one day I'm going to move to New York City and I'm going to produce hip hop well and be like, huge so that was that was not you know physically not right physically. right you're right gonna, you're not gonna get to that point and my metabolism <laughs> is too fast <laughs> yeah. i eat too many nuts so um oh, yeah, brothers, yeah 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 brothers. yeah cashews you know what i mean <laughs> very healthy very healthy good fat so yeah man so i my, my whole theory was um I want to be better and different than everybody else. I want to be that dude who comes to the studio who can play every instrument. So everybody has to leave. And I'm going to tell you about that story because that was the Jay-Z story. Um, that, was my so, Actually, my, my, that was my next question is, what was your, um, at what point did you go, I made it? I'm not at that point yet. Still, I'm, no, I'm serious. I'm not hungry. at that point yet. Still oh, dude, hungry as hell. Dude, look how skinny I am, man. I, dude, I, I do music all day Put and I don't eat. Put shit on a t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? I'm still hungry as hell. Hungry as hell. Look how skinny I am. Right. Nah, dude, I'm just like, I had, you know what? Um, I won, I won a friend of mine a Grammy, got him two nominations. I didn't celebrate because there's, you know, there's nothing to celebrate. I'm still working. Had a number one song in the world, had a number two song in the world, had 40 major label placements, Was had had Rolling Stone and Spin and Hits Daily Double said the song that I co-produced with a guy named DJ Toon for the soundtrack of the American Gangster album was the best, like one of the best Jay-Z songs, period. So that what was, was cool. But what was your first big gig? My first big gig, well, okay, when I moved to New York, my first big placement gig was uh, on the Blade soundtrack, Wreck the Discotheque. That was my first placement. Nice. And I wasn't happy about that either because, you know, I was just like, yo, you know what? This is work. This is cool. Right. One day I'm going to have the label. One day I'm going to be the label. So all of this is kind of like earning my stripes mm -hmm. to get to that the right. end game point. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not like a manic depressive, but... I'm not, I wasn't really happy about any of the stuff that I did, man. Like touring because I was able to play in front of like massive people, yeah, yeah, no, you know, tens of thousands of people and like really give them my heart and soul, like right there on the spot and then improv and no solo was that's the same. That was it. Right. That was like, you know, I'm about to go back on tour because I missed it. And it's going to be for me now and not, you know, supporting cast for anybody. You know, I've toured with a lot of people. Um, but no, nah, I just, you know, my thing was it, all of this, all of this led to this here. You know, I, I'm at a point now where I haven't made it. I've made other people millionaires. I've, I've started careers for other people and that was dope. That's great. That's great. Now I've done everything I could in New York, platinum, Grammy, this, that, that Grammy nominations for other people. Now it's time for me to close the chapter on New York and like reinvent myself in Austin, Texas. South by Southwest. Yep. Because, you know, just for a multitude of reasons. I've I've been here for 25 years and I haven't taken a vacation. <laughs> I've worked no, no, straight up. I've worked every you know, people are like, yo, dude, the the 50 Cent Amusement Park song, yo, man, it's on right now. And I'm walking down the street, 116th Street with my wife. Every single car is playing my record. Uh, Flex is dropping bombs on it. And she's like, yo, this is dope. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. You know saying? Like, really, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no relaxation. There's no sort of like no, there is. You gotta always be on. Is that, is that nah, feel, nah, is it dude? Just me. Yeah, I'm, but I'm I, OCD, man. Like me. Nah, you know what? With me, you can't like relax and enjoy that moment. I, nah, I don't want to enjoy. What that about moment. the? But how about this? The vacation is when you're up there on stage. 
Yeah. Right. You know, of that's that's yeah, what that's it's about. Malibu when you're right a musician, there. that the, the that's what the that's where it's about. Yeah. Playing live in front of people. Right. Right. Pouring right. your heart and soul. Right. That's where it is. You know, like and seeing them receive it. Like you yeah. know, I'm, we're in Vietnam, so we're in Vietnam, and we we're in front of the culture police. It was dope. There's a culture police. Yeah. And we have to perform. It's like flash dance, dude. It's like all these tables, man, like of people, you know, in these dope suits that you see in Rambo and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, it, it was crazy. So we had to perform all of our music. So the culture police would note that it wasn't subjective or, you know, or influencing their communist society to overthrow the government or whatever. That was dope. So you know? get to the so get to where the gigs start to merge with the horror okay uh, genre it hasn't done that yet so my I, I love horror so much that i wanted to create a style of music that would complement the genre um i also looked at the landscape of music you know there are djs that sample parts of movies uh -huh. And TV shows, the monsters and all that. I was like, dude, that's cool. And I and I I the ones that do that, I man, I follow them, I respect them, they're dope, they're um they're influential. However, my approach is just I wanna I wanna link up with the stars mm -hmm. that pretty much, you know, modern horror forgot about. Mm. Okay. And I'm relevant. You know, I'm, I have a I have a record yeah, right now that's playing in like in other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offer you reflect off of you to other people. Of course, who may because not have the same like at one time. You know, it's like look, look, it's a, it's a shame because he's actually a, a a great actor, but you know, Robert England doesn't get the parts. Of course, that he deserves to get. Yeah, exactly. And then and then the, the a lot of kids that follow me, yo. I did I did like these little metrics and everything. I, I went to this company that does they do analytics for your followers and stuff and I found out my followers were from eight years old to twenty one. And that's a very young demographic. Right. And some follow, you know, heavy metal, dubstep, house music, horror, you know, superheroes, comics, cosplay and all that. You know, but I had I have this collective of people that are in all these multi genres following me. So what do I do? I'm going to educate them. Right. I love horror. This they may I not love. know who Robert England is. Right. You know what I'm saying? They may not know who, who Ken Foree. something was so big from when you were a kid that you're like, oh, people still know about that. No, they and don't. there's so many films and things that, like, again, when we did our 1984 show, yeah. we talked about a bunch of shows that, like, movies and things that have kind of like, they were huge. They were everywhere. But they've just fallen through the cracks. Like, well, one of our, we said, was Romancing the Stone. Like, Romancing yeah, the Stone. That was such a dope film, man. movie. But yeah. does anyone really talk about it? They don't days? talk about that anymore. Exactly. There are these things that fall. And like you said, the especially in horror, this because horror has this thing where they has the greats, mm -hmm. without a doubt, mm -hmm. at people honor. Mm -hmm. But again, it's so of the now. It's such a it's it's appeal is to so many young people that you know, horror always tries to it's for young people. It tries right. to always cash in on whatever a trend is. Of course. Know, it, Hence, The Walking Dead. Okay, what about Night of the Living Dead? That sparked the right. walk. There would be no Walking Dead. So, like, my thing is, I always want to pay homage to the forefathers and foremothers before me. You know, I love Wes Montgomery. I love Miles Davis. I love Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I have an SRV Strat. You know, I love Megadeth. I bought a custom Jackson guitar. You know what I'm saying? It's like me, you know, I'm not an ingrate. Right. I'm just know not a where, douche. Know where the history comes from. Know what it is. Dude, you have to. Like, if, if you don't know where, like, if you don't know your history, you don't know your future. Right. You don't, man. Like, yo, and then the thing is, okay, so, all right, I have, I have a lot of label placements and all this other stuff. I'm currently working on a record for Rihanna right now. Mm -hmm. So, okay, great. Great. All right, so before Rihanna was Eartha Kitt, 
was Aretha Franklin, all that right, stuff, right? Yeah, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, who am don't I? Have, don't have any hip hop without at all without James Brown. Dude, none. You know what I mean? The funky drummer. Exactly. The most sampled sample <laughs> in sample sampling sampled history. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So well, what do they say the great ones don't create, they steal. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, dude. We won't go into that really? one because I, yeah, man. So, but, but you know, there yeah, is yeah. that. I mean, like you know, you can see that as the as as the creative process. It's in it's in our filmmaker too, mm-hmm. because we always will come back to like like this sort of reminds me of something. But they're they're playing with something. They're 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 changing something around, or they're updating it for for the time, or right. something. Or we want to get a unique little swing again. Like again, well, we we said uh, get out. Get out is. It's Hitchcock. Oh, uh, it's Hitchcock. Dude, it's Hitchcock. It is now. It's now Hitchcock. Yeah. And you know? if you listen to this, to this, the score, right? Um, I don't know. I the, the 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 person who did the music doesn't. <clears throat> I, I can't think of the name that comes up, but uh, uh, it it was developed in this sort of black spiritual. I think that was Jordan Peele's request. Like you know, like um, my request was. Bring, bring, give me some of that black spiritual, but make it horror. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly um, uh, what came out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, you two, um, Miguel and Jonathan, you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I know. I haven't, I've yeah, seen it. You seen, you've yeah, seen it? Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm the, I'm the odd oh. man out here. That's my guy. It was good. It was good. I'm not going to stop good. talking about it. Oh, no, no. It. I'm, I'm not going to stop talking I'm about it. I'm very, very excited to, you know, to see it because it's gotten such good reviews. And we, lo- we, uh, immediately we love the, Key and Peele. Immediately we, the, they're, they're dope, man. Immediately the joke went to, because I finished it, we talked on the phone, Miguel and I talked on the phone, and it was at the the Jordan Peele in the basement. It was what's going hey, on. Hey, you know, I'm Ray Parker. I'm Ray Parker Jr. Pupil. There's a kid and a Nazi down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. now, now, um, um, I'd like to uh, give your opinion on this as a musician. Um, if you give me a, your top three scores from horror films, top three scores from horror films. The ones that uh, make you go, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that was just that was amazing. That was good. Or they psycho. Psycho, okay. Psycho is just, it, it's it for me. And you know, the da na 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 Busta Rhymes sampled that. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Shout to Busta for the horror, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, I would say Halloween and The Shining. Yeah, all, yeah, all solidly. And they're all different. You know, but they all have that sort of like tension, dread. It, it's and know. it's yeah, it's tension. It's it's nothing but tension, and it's it's just moving. See, for me, I think I would if I had to like put it into. I would definitely. You've got, as you said, Halloween. <laughs> it's funny because you're gonna and I'm gonna double up on the Carpenter the thing, the soundtrack to John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, that was dope. From the, I mean, really, the like opening, that, the beginning. Yeah, the yeah. dog going through the snow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What's going? It's like it should be. It's like oh, this isn't. It shows you how much music can matter. Right. Because otherwise, it's just a shot of a dog running in the snow. Is that particularly nerve-inducing? But it's the tension, like exactly. it's dum, dum, the apprehension. Like, to yeah, it's just dog? yeah that nervousness. Dum, dum, dum. You know, it's crazy too, man. Like. John Carpenter, he has such a dope style because you have the thing, then you have Escape from New York, right. and those those themes, the scoring is very very similar, and even in Vampires, right? It's it's like very it's very similar, but I mean he created it, so why can't you duplicate it? Exactly, you know and what I mean? Yet those I do think those films are like you know, and Prince of Darkness too. Oh yeah, they're Prince all of the yes. same kind of like it. They're that very uh, synthesizer. Ish kind of very yeah, pulsating I, rhythmic. I am hoping, at, honestly, because he's not—he hasn't passed yet. 
I think Carpenter needs to come back one last ride. <laughs> well, he, no, he's he's executive producing the new Halloween on Blumhouse. Yeah, but I mean, I want him to direct. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, like, anyone, you know, you can bring, oh, yeah, we brought Carpenter on as a consultant. I mean, I want to see him. You want to see him direct, I would right? love you to see, see him handle, sure. I would love to see them, uh, Netflix, a- hand him a series. So John Carpenter That'd be the nuts. showrunner for a series. Right. And I don't care what he could be action adventure. It could be comedy. Right. It could the be quick and the dead. Well, no, that was Sam Raimi. I'm sorry. Sam Ra- yeah, it was Sam hey, Raimi. Let's do it right here. It's yeah. gonna get uh, Sam Raimi to produce. Well, then look and, uh, at look at all Ghost of Mars. That was an action film. That right, was exactly. dope. Ice he Cube. Has, yeah, he's yeah. Been able to do so many different things mm-hmm. and. Well, they, they live as they, they live as his, right? Yeah. Oh right. man. Also, a kind of a horror. Rowdy, film. Roddy, well, Piper. Well, I did say um, uh, the, since we're talking about um, uh, Get Out, which Peel calls it. <clears throat> A, uh, a social thriller. Mm-hmm. They live is pretty yes. much a social, a thriller. social thriller. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that With was Keith to David me, in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was <laughs> one of the, the the best films. I think one of the one of the best horror films. You know, because it has such a social statement, and it has the beauty of Carpenter. Is I love about this about Carpenter's films, and especially his horror films. He's got balls. Yeah. He will end his films with oh, the hero died. Right, right. Problem's not solved. Right. Monster's still alive. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and, and it's funny yeah. because I, I have an issue with certain of the modern horror films, or at least things that are like, I think, are horror light. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a look at, you know, uh, uh, we'll, we'll delve into this for a little bit. We've got the Universals coming out with their new monster mm-hmm. universe. Right, right, right. right. Mummy. And it's going to be mm-hmm. The Mummy is the first film, and we're going to get Frankenstein. We're going to get The Bride. Mm-hmm. We're going to get The Invisible, Invisible Man, Man and probably Creature from the Black Lagoon. All those classics, which, which in their are of their time, were mm-hmm. the original shared universe. Yeah. You know, before Marvel, before any of these things, we're like, oh, there's the trend we're going to do. It's like mm-hmm. Wolfman meets Dracula. Right, you know, right. You know, uh, you know, The Bride. These things like, oh, the Frankenstein and The Bride of Frankenstein, two considered two of like the greatest films right. of all time. A film up there with The Godfather in the sense of the part one and the part two, where some people are like, no, The Bride of Frankenstein is better. Right, right, than right. Frankenstein. But th- they're the original shared universe. My thing, though, is that if you look at that Mummy trailer, and um, I think it's a great trailer. Yeah. It's action adventure. Mm-hmm. It is taking the mummy thing. Maybe there will be really scary moments. Maybe it real. I think that there's a, a sense of sometimes kind of neutering the you know these sort of concepts. Like, ah, oh, let's just make it sort of a, you know, yeah. There's some scary stuff, but it's really just an action adventure film. Where I think when I think of horror, I think of Carpenter and those endings. Right. Or I think of even a film that got really maligned that I think is Mm-mm. fantastic because it has the balls of its ending. The Mist. Yeah, Frank Darabont's The Mist. That was amazing. That yeah, that's the and going back to Korean horror. Oh, yeah. Korean horror is messed up. There's no happy ending. <laughs> right. well, it's well, like the worst. And the one that, that pops up is old is old boy, right? I mean, I'm not dude. talking about the the one that the one yeah. that they bring into the American market. When you have spoilers, when you have the main protagonist cut off his tongue, right, right, because he finds out that it's something he doesn't want to talk he does, about. Does, yeah, right. <laughs> that's just leave that's that pretty present. messed up. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, you know, old boy. You know, it's classic, films, man. These films classic. That are, are you know that horror to me should be. Even if I don't necessarily like, again, that was my issue as a kid. Mm-hmm. Again, the Catholicism, mm-hmm. evil can't win. But at, for win. art, <laughs> for the sake of art, you know, they should be allowed to do whatever they want to do. If that's how right. they want to end their story, let the person end Jesus their story. Jesus would have right. words with you. <laughs> right. But, but you know, uh, I mean, like that's something that's to me the ending of the mist. Its ending is more horrifying than any of the supernatural elements in it. Right. It's the situation that they put the characters in, 
And again, I'm not going to necessarily reveal it here. I don't want to say what the ending of the message for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's a, it's been maligned. It's online. People love to knock that film mm. around. But I think it's because honestly, I think that sure people may not like it because they don't like it. I'm not going to cast aspersions on their right. You know their judgments. But I think part of it is it is so uncomfortable. It's very it's uncomfortable, so you don't man. Think like about that. Yeah. You don't want to think about it. It's the sort of it's the sort of you just like uh, no, oh, don't, dear God. Why would you allow this to happen? <laughs> right, it's right. That, it's that. It's that sort of thing. Um, we have to wrap up here soon. It's been, it's been such a great combo. It let's, really has. You know what? Before we wrap, let's talk comic books real quick. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, bring it on. Now, check this out. We Yo, got to end the show. We yeah. got to end the show. Wait, he wants to talk about comic books. No, I do, man. Hey, <laughs> do you guys remember Contest of Champions? Of course we remember Contest <laughs> okay. of Champions. Sabra. From, Yo, from Israel, dude, check this out. <laughs> Do you guys have the the Marvel Contest of Champions app on your phone? No, 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 no dude, no. get it, get it, really? It's bananas. <laughs> the Red Hulk, the Gray Hulk, it's, it's cra- Sable is amazing, man. And yo, so after uh, I, we, I just watched Logan. I'm sorry, oh. you know Logan. It, but dude, I was this, gonna pick your brain about that. Okay, okay, you know what's you know what's gonna happen after Logan now? The New Mutants, right? Yeah, right. No. yes, we're getting new. Mutants. Yes, and we're getting the new mutants. mutants, and it's going to be a horror infused <laughs> infused movie. Yep. Dude, they you know what I want? I want Alpha Flight, man. I want Alpha Flight. I want Puck. Dude, straight up, yo, man. I'm, yo. Well, dude, like when they announced, when they announced that Dinklage was casted, I was like, oh, he's gonna be Puck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not gonna be Puck. Oh, right, right. It's like, oh no. Nah, dude, I like growing literally. Uh, what, what were your what were your titles? My titles, you? dude. Spider Man was my favorite. Right. Always Spider Man. Um, That's next month uh, or in two months from now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The X Men. You're big into that. The versus. Mm-hmm. That was contest of champions. Um, then I went to Image because of okay. because of McFarlane Spawn. Right. Um, the Max. And then the MTV uh, another, series, yeah, The Max. Horror, you know, two things, Max and Spawn, very much in line with horror. Yeah, and then um, there was a black comic book, too. Strowman and something like that. They created... Uh, tribes? Not Tribes. It wasn't Tribes. It, it may have been it's Tribes. Strowman. Yeah, it was yeah, 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 yeah. That bo- was dope. The booty girl in Tribes. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. No, um, the, the Patriot. I liked the Patriot because he was kind of like a knockoff of Captain uh, America and Iron Man. Was Icon like, you know, DC's answer to all that image stuff? Icon, no, well, Icon was they wanted to, they knew that they had to widen, like, the appeal. Okay. And they wanted to have, it was a creator-owned company, and they were all, you know, minority. They were Asian, mm-hmm. black, and whatever. And they said, like, yeah, here's a chance. You know, show us what you got, produce something. And they, semi-successful, I think, in the long run, but we got static shock out of it. You yeah. know, and that I was actually a great. I don't have a love for Static Shock. I know you don't have a love for it. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter to you, but kids younger than you, we have yet, Static Shock is their guy. Yeah. I don't want to get into a conversation about Black Lightning, you know, as we <laughs> CW. This guy, he's been following The Flash. Okay. And every, he would call me every day. I'm like, I, the TV show I or the comic book? Watching at this point. Like, giving up show? on The Flash. It, yes, it, my, it, my wife is like into Arrow, <laughs> all that stuff. Me, I'm always in the Proving studio. Ed's theory. He's like, it's, this, these shows are not for us. We, we are kind of notorious not liking these shows okay. on our show. I love Supergirl. 
See, no, I'm not gonna. No, no, I watch. I don't watch the Flash or none of that because I just don't have time. Now, Gotham is my show. Okay, yeah, I heard. I, heard, I watched like oh. a few few episodes, but dude, I love Supergirl because I watched that with my daughter, right. and it's very I, empowering. Yeah, I, I, okay, I, I, you know I, what I'm saying? I get that. I, that but see, that's kind of like our whole take. It's like, you know, it's like this is a little Power Rangery. It's very Power Ranger. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, guys, can we get a Lobo movie? Um, oh, I. I I have a casting for Lobo. Who? And it's going to, you know, this guy's going to be like, well, and I'm telling you right now, because you need to be able, Lobo needs to be a guy who's got to be funny. You got to be both able to buy that he's a badass. Yeah. Have that over the top personality and have comic timing. And people would lose their shit, but I don't care. This is, this is my pick for Lobo. Terry Mother Effing Cruz. I'm I'm done with that. Terry Crews, dude, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, Lobo. dude, yeah. yes, what the, the wit, everything, and that yeah, would be, yeah. Would be wow, that would be totally. Have him have the spiky hair. Yeah, oh have him have that, the face. Actually, that fits really well. I'm gonna tweet that right now. I'm telling you, that's dope. <laughs> oh, Terry Crews, <laughs> yo, man, yo, I'm the main man. Let's will that into I'm the universe. I'm the main man. You yeah, can yeah, see yeah, him yeah. saying it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, dude. So I, and I, I think they will. They, I think that they will eventually hit because they did Deadpool. Exactly, I mean, right. and that was dope. Right. And, that was and a this classic. Would just be cosmic Deadpool. Yeah, like on a big scale, this 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 full of himself, cosmic biker assassin, you know, talking himself in the third person. Right. You know, Duke making Nukem. fun of all the yeah. yeah, something right? like that. He is definitely we need have a Duke Nukem. Now, you know, give me some sugar, baby. Have him mm -hmm. be that guy. We right. we I know we got to wrap up, but um, um, we didn't even touch on video games. Video games. Okay. Now, do you, are you a gamer? Um, I am, man. I just haven't had time. I've like, yeah, I no, owe my daughter dad, a PS4 because right. um, Friday the 13th just came out. Yeah, that's and, horror as a genre in video games. And, and that's like uh, crazy. Tom Savini created The Last of Us. No, you know what? Oh, I haven't. This is no, no. I, I don't. I don't have time. I know. Really, like I'm in the studio <laughs> exactly. every day, yeah, all day, and like, then in the gym. So yeah, man. Like, nah, dude. That's but this is the thing. Must play. Okay. You know, we're gonna connect. You're gonna give me titles. <laughs> I'm gonna buy them because in Texas, it's you know, I'm gonna keep up the pace. All right. But it's slower down yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? So I think I will have some time to play time, some. Downtown, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to. I need to get back into my game thing. Yeah. You're talking to a guy here that I have the last video game I ever played was Ocarina of Time. Word? <laughs> I swear to God. And here's my story. The story was essentially, I had a cousin who brought it up to, uh, you, uh, my family was from, uh, from New York, but uh, eventually we moved to Pennsylvania. Okay. And so certain summers, family, you know, the younger ones who were still in New York, that's where they went. And he's like, hey, we're going to spend, you know, summers in the country. Okay. Aunt Judy's and Uncle Mikey's. And, you know, I live there. It was my mom and dad. So my cousin Rob, who was like my, my younger brother, comes and he brings in, and we, that, I think, was that, the N64, the GameCube, it was that yeah, level, it was, that's a yeah, long yeah. time ago. So he brings in Ocarina of Time, I knew Zelda, and he's like, oh, this is a great game, you gotta check it out, and I'm, oh, this is great gameplay, I love the idea, okay, oh, we got the fairy, and it's kind of like a magical targeting system, mm -hmm. you know, you're going back and forth in time, you're doing all this sort of stuff. So I got into, it's summertime, I have a job as a teenager, so, you know, right. he, he'd be asleep, you know, at night, I'm up, I'm a teenager, I can be up all night, so of like, course. I'm playing, he'd bring it downstairs during the day, he'd play, you know, for a little while. So, like, I'm probably playing it for like, probably, maybe a week, week and a half, something like that, because he's up there for a long period of time. Right, right. I get to that point, and like, I'm going like, alright, I'm like, hey, Rob, this is a really good game. Um, so, like, how long is it going to take me to beat this thing? Because I've been playing it for a while. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Uh, dude, you're not even halfway done. <laughs> right, and you spent like 25 and hours. That was, like I literally put that controller yeah, down, yeah. walked away, and I said, 
I'm not the most productive man to begin with. Right. <laughs> I have a story I'm not like that sure too. That I'm going to, I should prototype. Spend, yeah. You guys, oh, okay, dude, that, that's just, that took so long, but I finished it, and then I had to buy prototype but too. It's, but it's <laughs> just so messed that's up. Well, 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 that's yes. not what the plan was. I, I you and I, we, we're broke. both fathers. Yeah. Okay, we're both musicians. Mm. Now the gaming thing, it's very difficult, right? Mm. You, like, you, it's like you you want to be able to invest at least five hours into this thing, <laughs> and it's like Ed, kind of throw that throw out the garbage. I'm like, all right, so it's like I pick it up again. Daddy, can you help me wipe? Can you wipe my ass? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Daddy, I want to play my game. Yep. <laughs> right. The Lego Movie, Lego Batman. Yeah, I buy stuff. I buy titles for her. Right, I don't, so. you know, and I'm missing out on everything. Well, this is, <laughs> you know, um, that's a sweet way to, add, to end this on childhood. <laughs> yeah, kids. definitely. This has been a wonderful experience. We're so happy to have had you here in the. In Thank the, you for having me, been, guys. It's been a really enriching experience. I hope you've had some fun. Oh, definitely, man. And, I could do uh, this again. You, know, you guys uh, gonna have me back one day? Please uh, uh, give us your plugs of where people can find you on. Line, so at Freak Feynman, at Freak Feynman, just Google me, Freak Feynman. Just that's Google Freak F I N E. Yes, M A N. My mother's maiden name is F E I N M A N, but I'm the F I N E M A N. <laughs> Not. <laughs> well, this has been a great experience. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Jonathan, for hooking us thank up. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, uh, thank for all who are listening. Will we be back soon? We've got a slew of show, sh- uh, shows coming up. We've got uh, Wonder, we, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's coming up. up. <laughs> it's like Friday. Friday. I'm taking my daughter like, to see it tomorrow. So far, it looks like it's gonna. She's you know, super hot. Maybe north of 120 million dollars. <laughs> She's so hot. I'll go see it. Like I'll stay in the theater like four times for that show. Yo, if you ever get that gig with uh, with DC, you know, and it's like, hey, you know, I'm hanging out with Gal. You're you're, I'm, you're definitely yeah. Gonna bring, bring oh, word. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> of course, definitely. Meet us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a Spidey. We got the Spidey review coming up, mm-hmm. and then we got Road to Justice League, which will be something that we'll be doing as well. We'll be covering. Uh, like uh, one of the main characters. We want to do a Batman show. We're going to do a whole Batman show, a whole Aquaman show. You know, just talk about that. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, it looks. uh, Oh, it's all. Speaking of Game of Thrones, right? (laughs) 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 And you know, get going, leading up to November when we finally get Justice League. Yes, Jonathan. And and actually, um, I don't know if we could talk about it. I could just delete it, but. You got a release of a really dope horror song coming out, right? Yeah, I got a. Uh, I can plug that. Yeah, um, August fifteenth, I'm dropping my first single on my label, my label, Macabre Incorporated, awesome. oh, with awesome, um, the producer of the Madman Mars film, Madman 1982. He and I went into the studio and we we put together something that's just like crazy. Can and, he, can oh, he, can you give us a can you give us an idea of like what uh, will there be a video to support it or oh there's any, definitely yeah you there, have any idea we were doing you, yeah what yeah you yeah gonna do yeah actually um you guys remember the ring okay. the videotape footage right. yeah, yeah yeah all right there yeah. we go oh, all right, so, okay, okay, it's all right. just gonna be very tool ish very disgusting uh, oh, yes, go tool, very totally. meat That's all you had to say. and potatoes <laughs> and vomit and urine <laughs> yeah and then also I gotta do this I have a song currently out right now all over the world called Freak Somebody featuring Fat Man Scoop we just got it licensed to a horror movie oh, called nice. Mollywood that's nice. dropping in November so awesome. be on the lookout for that horror horror horror, horror. and more <laughs> horror <laughs> horror 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 I'm a horror horror <laughs> well thank you for dropping Thanks, by Jonah. and and giving us some of your flavor it's just been so much thank you so much Freak Fine. thank you guys for having me appreciate and, uh, it thank you everyone for listening and we will be back soon and so for everyone here I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez Edward Ng here and until next time to be continued hey guys thanks for listening to to be continued a fanboy podcast our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com 
Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.